Happy Thanksgiving. For some of you, this may be your very first Thanksgiving. Is there anybody? I never even thought about that. Is anybody this way? Yeah, there are people here. Well, happy first Thanksgiving to you. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Fun fact about Thanksgiving in Canada. We have been observing this holiday since 1879. I did the math and I already forget now. I think that's like 140 years that we've been observing Thanksgiving. But it wasn't until 1957 that a fixed day was given to celebrate. It was just kind of hopping all over the place, I guess, whenever people felt thankful. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But on January the 31st in 1957, the Governor General of Canada at the time was Vincent Massey, and he issued a proclamation stating the following, and I just love this. It says, a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed to be observed on the second Monday in October. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed. That is something to be thankful from the Almighty God. The fact that the Governor General of Canada was giving thanks to Almighty God. I love that. I love that. So I realize that according to this proclamation, tomorrow is actually Thanksgiving. But we're here together today. And since we're gathered, we're going to give thanks to God for the bountiful blessings that he gives us. And you're invited to stay, as Glenn mentioned, to have Thanksgiving dinner with us right after the service. But I want to start with Psalm 100. And I love the NLT, so that's the one that I'm reading this one out of. Psalm 100. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Yes. Can I pray again? I know we've been praying. I want to pray again. God, I thank you, God, for your faithfulness that continues to every generation. God, for generations we've been thanking you in this country. God, for the bountiful harvest that you bring. And God, we continue that today and help us to pass that on, Lord, to the next generation, that spirit of thanksgiving. And God, this morning, as I bring your word, I just pray, God, let your spirit be in this place. God, let it not be my words, but yours this morning as we look at your word. God, I pray that the distractions that we, we've been in for the past few days, maybe the past few weeks, maybe the past few years would fall away. God, that our eyes, our ears, our hearts would be in tune with you and what you're doing this morning. God, have your way. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I reflect on God's blessings in my life, I give him thanks and I give him praise. Praise is actually intertwined with thanksgiving, and yet it's so much more. 
God will be praised. We may choose to praise him or we may choose not to praise him, but whether we do or we don't, he will be praised. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus was entering Jerusalem and the crowds were shouting his praises and some religious leaders were like, make them stop Jesus. And his response in verse 40, I just absolutely love it. He said, listen to me. If my followers were silenced, the very stones would break forth with praises. He will be praised. Not because he's vain and demands it, but because he's worthy of all praise, because he's the king of king, the ruler of all, our creator and the very lover of our soul. He will be praised. So I want to challenge each one of us here today to recognize that there is power in praise. When we give God praise for all he has done, for who he is, I believe that it releases his power in our lives. There is power in praise. We do warfare with our worship. A battle in B-flat, if you're musical. <laughs> and half of you just groaned, but that's okay. I'll have a quirky sense of humor. There is power in praise. Let's look at some of the examples, or I'm going to. You don't have a choice. So <laughs> we're going to look at some examples of God's power showing up in praise. In Acts chapter 16, and some of you probably already saw that this was where I was going to go this morning. The apostle Paul, along with Silas, were on their way to pray when they were followed by a girl who had an evil spirit, and they ended up delivering her from that spirit. And this angered this slave girl's owners who accused Paul and Silas of breaking Roman law. So I'm going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 16, verses, starting at verse 22. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and all the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and cha the chains of every prisoner fell off. Paul and Silas were on their way to pray, and they ended up in jail. I am pretty sure that's not what they had planned for their day that day. Have you ever found yourself going about your day trying to live the best that you can for the cause of Christ and seemingly out of nowhere, you end up somewhere that you were not expecting to be? I know I have. I know I have. They could have been chatting about, hey, let's go catch the ball game tonight or what do you think we should have for supper they were planning ahead, I'm sure, but not planning on being put in jail. And I don't know whether you would have found me in that jail cell the same way that we find Paul and Silas praying and singing. I think I would have been yelling and shouting at the jailer, perhaps, or explaining passionately to the other prisoners how I didn't deserve this. This isn't what was supposed to happen to me. But Paul and Silas chose to pray and sing. They praised in the midst of unfair circumstances, in the midst of their imprisonment, 
in the midst of the unknown in their future, they praised. Can the same be said of me today when I find myself somewhere that I wasn't expecting to be? Do others find me singing and praising God, even though that wasn't what I had planned? They praised, and there was power in that praise. God's power showed up. But the power in their praise brought them freedom. Not the jailer deciding that they didn't need to be there. Not their eloquent words swaying the magistrate. It was through their praise that freedom was delivered that day. Maybe you're in a jail of sorts today. Something that maybe you need freedom from. Maybe you were going about your everyday, ordinary life and through circumstances not of your own, out of your control, you are now not where you thought you were going to be. I have been there. My advice is to praise God. Sing his praises. Praise him for what he's done for who he is, and I believe that you will find power in the praise, power for freedom. Maybe you're held captive this morning by worry. Listen to the power in praise. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, telling God what you need And thank him for all he has done. That thanksgiving and praise are tied together. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This was the theme of a few months of our lives when we were with Glenn's dad at the end of his life just this summer. He just prayed for peace. He didn't understand where it was coming from. But he had a peace about him. And I think it was because he learned the power of praise and was just able to let go of the future, let go of the worry that can sometimes hold us and bind us. And he experienced God's peace in that house. Maybe you're imprisoned by fear this morning. Here's the power in praise. Psalm 34 verses 1 to 4 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. The psalmist was giving God praise. And he was freed from all of his fears. Maybe this morning you feel like you're surrounded by a cloud of darkness. That no matter what time of day it is, no matter what day of the week it is, it just seems like you can't break through the dimness and the darkness. One of my absolute most favorite scriptures, and I've probably shared it before, Psalm verse 57, verses 7 and 8. And it says, my heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. Yeah. The dawn is when the sun breaks through the darkness. 
And this scripture says, I will wake the dawn. I will. I will wake the dawn with my song. As we sing praise to him, as we give God thanks and glory, he can break through that darkness. That's the power in our praise. Yeah. Not only is there power for freedom in praise, there's power for victory. Victory comes through our praise. We must recognize that there is a battle going on. There is. There's no doubt about it. Just as sure as we know that God will be praised, we can be just as sure that there is a battle going on. There is an enemy that places a target on the backs of those who are trying to live their lives for God's plans and purposes. The enemy, hear me, the enemy is not your boss. The enemy is not your parent. The enemy is not your ex. The enemy is not your calculus professor, although when I was in school, I really thought it was. The enemy is not your next-door neighbor or the person down the street. The enemy is not sitting beside you this morning in church. Yeah, Glenn's saying, don't make eye contact. That is not your enemy. All of those people, all of those people were created in the image of God. And they are on a journey just like you are, just like I am, towards the plans and the purposes of God for their lives. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. Listen to Paul in Ephesians describing the power for victory. Now I'm going to read this from a new translation that has just been put out in the past couple of years. Actually, the entire Bible has not been translated into this new translation yet. It is a translation, not a paraphrase, and it's called the Passion Translation. And I love how it puts this next scripture in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to start at verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Let's say that again. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of God demons and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. But because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Do you believe that today? Believe it for your life. You are destined for great things and will rise victorious. And that victory comes through the power in praise as we praise the Almighty God. I encourage you, take some time and study this scripture on the armor of God. I don't have time today. We've got dinner coming. But take time. 
Because we have to be prepared for battle. And praise is a really key element in the power for victory. All right, another story that shows power in praise. This is from the Old Testament. We're going to take a few minutes and look at 2 Chronicles in chapter 20. Now, this part of the Bible, it's telling us of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, Judah, and how he led the nation in praise and saw victory unfold in an amazing way. Now, nations were declaring war against the nation of Judah, and this terrified Jehoshaphat, the king. He called the nation together. He wanted everyone to gather together and ask them to fast and pray, and they did. And when they had all assembled, the king prayed to God. I'm going to pick up his prayer, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. They went to church. And he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler over all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. I love this. He starts out this prayer. There are armies already on their way to attack them. And he starts this just praising God, worshiping him for who he is. He understood the power in praise. He goes on to petition God for the nation, and then God speaks to them through one of the men that was gathered there. I'm going to look at it from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting at verse 15. Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. This is God speaking to the nation. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. There you will, or sorry, verse 17, but... You will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. I'm going to continue on. Verse 18 says, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Koath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. They were praising God. Verse 20 Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him For his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. For his faithful love endures forever. They had an army coming at them. And they gave God praise. For his faithfulness endures forever. 
Verse 22 says, at the very moment, not a little bit later, not when it was time, not when they could see the army, but at that very moment that they began to sing and give praises, the Lord. Now, there's no period there. It's the middle of a sentence. But the Lord. At the very moment when we sing and we give God praise, the Lord shows up. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they destroyed the army of Mount Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. This is the power for victory in praise to God. Yeah. Thank you, God. When the king prayed to God, he began with praise. When God spoke to the nation, they responded with praise. As they walked into battle, they led with praise. And through the power in their praise, God brought the victory. They didn't have to do a thing. All they needed to do was praise God. Sometimes we feel like praising God is the, the, the least of what we can do, that we need to fight our own fight, that we need to fight our battles, that we need to take down the enemy, that we need to state our cause, when all we really need to do is praise God. Praise God. And he shows up. And he takes out the enemies with all that we are doing is praising God. It's not just all we are doing. It is everything that we are called to do in the battle. God brings the victory. There is power in praise. Power for freedom. Power for victory. Now, I want to caution us today. We have to remember that as Christ followers, there is this power available to us through praise. And it does bring freedom and it does bring victory. But that power is not just for me and my battle. The purpose of God's power being exhibited through my life is not only for me. I want to go back to the scripture in Acts chapter 16 where Paul and Silas were in jail. And around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. This is verse 25. They were singing and praying to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Who was listening? Right. Yes, God was listening. But the other prisoners were listening. They were locked in jail. Some of them could have been there for a very long time. But they were listening to Paul and Silas as they praised. 
And who was set free through the power in praise? Paul and Silas, yes. But verse 26 tells us that the chains of every prisoner were released. Everyone imprisoned in that same jail that Paul and Silas were in were set free. Sometimes our freedom is not for us. If God has set you free, just maybe there are others that can be set free through your praise. If God has brought you victory, possibly others can be brought to victory through your praise. As you sing and you pray to God, there are others that are listening. Acts 16 goes on to tell of the jailer who was guarding the prison, who was going to kill himself because the prisoners were set free, but instead salvation came to his house that night because of the power in the praises of Paul and Silas. If you were the only person, now hear me, because sometimes we are in a place of imprisonment, we're in a place of darkness, whatever it may be, of being bound, not be, having the victory. Sometimes this is hard to grasp. So hear me, that if you were the only person, God would still show up. If I was the only one who needed victory, God would still provide the victory. But it is not only for you, it is not only for me. There's an entire city within walking distance of this building yes. that are in chains, yes. that are in darkness, yes. that are held captive by fear, by addictions, that need to hear our praise. I loved in the summer times when we would be worshiping with the windows wide open because the sound carries for streets and they were listening to our praise. The city can have freedom and victory when we praise God. It's not just for us. People are in a battle for their lives, but they hear the sound of praise resounding as the congregations gather within this city. And just like the other prisoners in prison with Paul and Silas, they don't even know that victory is on its way. Now this morning I've asked Nathan and the team to lead us in a new song. You guys can come on up. Some of you may know this song. And as we sing this, I want to encourage you to give God praise. Praise for what he's done. Praise for who he is. Here at Faith, many of us, we lift our hands when we sing to God. We lift our hands in surrender when we praise, but it's not surrender to an enemy. It's in surrender to the one who has great plans for us, greater than we could ever dream or imagine. In surrender to the one who gives us the very air that we breathe, to the one who loves us so completely and perfectly that he gave his son to die for us, so that we can be set free from the sin that binds us, 
so that we don't have to pay the penalty for our sin. We lift our hands in surrender because when we praise, we lift our hands in surrender when we praise, not because we've been defeated. It's because we've been set free. And because we have the victory, we've been set free. So we lift our hands in worship. Psalm 9, verse 1, again from the Passion Translation, says, Lord, I will worship you with extended hands as my whole heart explodes with praise. The lyrics to this song are so simple. The first part is this is how I fight my battle. And as we sing it together, I want us to raise our hands to God in praise because this, this posture, this stance, this is how we fight our battle. This is how we fight our battle. The word of God to the army of Judah says, take your positions and then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. They fought the battle with their hands raised, praying God, praising God. This is how I fight my battle. They took their positions of praise and entered what they thought was a battle, but it was just a time of praise and worship and seeing God's power unfold in their midst. The second part of the song is just as simple. So literally that's the first, the first part. This is how I fight my battle. The second part is, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It's vital in our praise to keep our eyes in the right position as well. Our eyes on God. Because if we look around at our circumstances, we see prison bars, or I do. If we look around at the situations in our lives, it can seem impossible. It can feel like we're surrounded. When I have spent time in seasons of darkness, it felt like I was surrounded. But when we keep our eyes on God and praising Him, giving Him thanks, singing His glory keeps our eyes on him and we remember that it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you after Jehoshaphat praised and prayed to God the word of the Lord to the nation was do not be afraid do not be discouraged for this mighty army for the battle is not yours it's God's it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you we can find victory and freedom in praise this morning. Whatever it is that has you bound, praise can release the power of God to set you free. Whatever the battle is that you've been fighting and seemingly getting nowhere, there's power as you praise. Praise gets our eyes off of ourselves and onto the one who rules the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who created us and gives us the very air we breathe, the one who loves us, 
so much that he brings us freedom. I believe that there are some here today that God wants to set you free. Some have been fighting and fighting the battle and it seems like victory is just out of reach. Will you stand with me today? I ask everybody, stand with me today. I encourage you to take your position and then watch the Lord's victory. Maybe today you are living in the freedom and the victory provided by praising God. Maybe you've already learned this lesson before. I want to encourage you that there are those that are listening to your praise that can be set free. And maybe you're here this morning and you have never, ever even thought about praising God before. And I pray that today you'll see him at work in your life, in those around you, and you'll become aware of the magnificent and holy and how worthy he is of our praise. I want to praise together today. This is how we fight our battle.